0: thanks Gareth and the, the band there it's, it's right it's, it's no it's no accident it's no accident that we're here right now and that uh, we've been worshiping God and just carrying on with that and, and going into the word of God it's no accident that we're gathered here now it's good to, to, to be back i've only been off for a, a week but been camping. Anyone here enjoy camping Is it your thing yeah yeah. Camping's somewhat like Marmite, isn't it really? You either love it or you hate it. And uh, I love it. It has its moments, certainly, uh, the start of the week when we were thinking, is this tent going to blow away or is it going to survive? And then the next day, is it going to start leaking or are we going to remain dry? But then it uh, it turned a corner and uh, the sun came out and we really started to enjoy ourselves. So, With I was thinking, I was thinking last week. I wasn't thinking much other than: Are we going to survive? Are we going to get through this? Are we going to enjoy this? Is Rach going to have to be sent home because she's that's my wife, Rach? She's going to have to be sent home because she's moaning too much. (laughs) But no, no, we were fine. We got through it. And uh, maybe, maybe it is my age or stage in life, but. Whatever it is, something has changed. Something has changed. Just in the, in the last year, something has changed in me. I've been married for nearly nine years, hoping to make it to ten, but with comments like that, possibly not. I've got, I've got two children, the, the one at school, the other not far off, and I'm in a job, more of a, a calling that God has been growing in me. And life, life, it seems somehow difference, more demanding, yes, more tiring, yes, more restrained, probably, but also more meaningful, more purposeful, more generational with an awareness that when I'm doing and saying things, it may have lasting significance. It may even outlive me. So I want to get it right, not make too many mistakes. And I was thinking that wisdom, wisdom, that application of of knowledge, things learned in life, that wisdom, those sayings that instruct each generation, it's making more sense the older I get. And there is a a wisdom saying in the Bible that over the, the years has kept me in line. It comes in Proverbs, in Proverbs 3. In verses five to six, it says this it says "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight and with that and, and with me and with what I was thinking, we get into two books in the Bible that contain more wisdom than any other books on the planet, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes they they sit together. They follow on one to the other in our Bibles. And that's where we're going with this. We're going to see where they come from. We're going to ask how we read them. And then move with something more personal. And I'm going to speak into a selection of, of wisdom sayings that have instructed me that I'm now feeling in some way in, in my life. I've learned them and I've lived them out. So where do they come from? The story of the books of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes have their beginnings back in two chronicles when a a young man succeeded his father to the throne of Israel. David had been an extraordinary king, a a warrior king. His son Solomon would be different. And having offered a, a thousand burnt offerings on the bronze altar before the Lord that night... That night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. You can read it in 2 Chronicles 1 verses 1 to 12. And Solomon answered God and and he said, Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Let's just say that was the right answer because God gave Solomon wisdom and knowledge and then he gave him everything that he hadn't asked for. Wealth, riches and honour such as no king who was before him ever had and none after him would have. Wisdom. Wisdom. And you, and you, you see it in Solomon's reign. It says that the breadth of His understanding was as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Greater than all the men of the east. Greater than all Egypt. That he spoke 3,000 proverbs. That his songs numbered at 1,005. That he described plant life. He taught about animals and and birds, reptiles and, and fish. That men of all nations came to listen to Solomon's wisdom. The warrior king was succeeded by the wisest of all kings. And Proverbs and Ecclesiastes are the writings of Solomon. But there's also sadness, sadness in this story. Because these two books have a different bias. They have a a different feel, the emotions you, you go through as you read. Proverbs is full of hope and an embracing of life, to live it to the utmost of character and integrity. Ecclesiastes is empty of hope, coming from a place of loss and regret. Proverbs is, is full of meaning. Ecclesiastes has this repeated word, meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. And you think, Why? Why the, why the contrast? What happened to, to Solomon? Wisdom, wealth, riches and honour, he had it all. But his character, his integrity was consumed by it. Solomon became king in 970 BC and he wrote and compiled most of what we now call the, the book of Proverbs early in his reign. In contrast, Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon probably around 935 BC, not long before he died. And as he looked back, as he looked back on his life, he knew that he had lived most of it apart from God. And it's written with an attitude of humility and repentance. He hoped to to spare his readers the, the bitterness of making the same mistakes. Proverbs and Ecclesiastes are like bookends. And along that shelf are are books recording Solomon's life. It isn't all written down. It doesn't have to be. There's enough there to know what happened, that it went wrong. It went wrong for Solomon. And for me, that is one of the the marks of the, the Bible, that it is authentic. It is human and yet of God. And God doesn't remove the, the failures, the, the disappointments, the, the doubts, the, the despair. He gives us his word straight. And being human, that's what we need. That is what we can relate to. So how do you read? How do you read these two books? For me, you read them slowly. Slowly, a, a verse at a time. You rest with them you you turn each wisdom saying over in your head and you place it in your own life something that has happened to you in your experience maybe it is happening now and you let it you let the wisdom saying question you your attitude your emotions your decisions you see the foolish their ways and and you ask is that me then you side with the, the truth. You follow the way of the, the wise. And that's where we're going. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs, 12 in Ecclesiastes. We're not doing all of them. That would be a killer, honestly. We're going with the, the verses, the verses that have spoken to me recently. And if having heard these verses, having turned these over together, you think, I want to read more, then that is it. Because God will speak to each of us personally as we read Proverbs or Ecclesiastes for ourselves. And I have to say, I have to say when it comes to wisdom, it isn't the most exciting thing I've ever spoken on. It isn't a laugh a minute. It's often very challenging, sobering to our thinking. But there is guidance. There is humour. There is fullness as we live out these wisdom sayings in our own lives. Wisdom then, wisdom, where does it begin? Maybe not, maybe not where we thought, not with love, not with compassion, but with fear, fear. In Proverbs 1 verse 7 it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So why is this fear? Is it lying awake in bed at night, fearful that God is going to punish me? No, not now. But maybe I've done that on occasion in the past. Where I'm at with it now is about the, the feelings or attitude I have when I approach God. God is holy. He is scarily so. And that causes me to have a, a reverence, a reverence, a uh, respect and, and awe, a uh, down on my knees humility in front of him. And when it comes to knowledge, when it comes to, to wisdom, there is a complete abandon to being taught by God. He knows what's right and true for, for my life and I want to find that out, to follow that through. And then we go to Proverbs 3 verses 5 to 6 again. Where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. God's understanding is beyond mine. God's way is above mine and I must acknowledge and surrender all to him. And then on again into verses 11 to 12 where it says, My son, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. See, Proverbs, Proverbs often go together. They, they flow into themes that repeat through the book. You hear it in different words. You, you see it in different pictures and there is a danger. There's a, a danger that we can become too familiar with God. The language we use, it can seem like we're almost equals on a level, best friends, mates. And we must have established in our minds God is there. We are here. Not in a, a fear and shame and guilty type of way, but just because that is who God is the Creator. Of the universe, the Lord of Lords, the the King of Kings. God is holy to the point where He's only approachable because of what Jesus has done, His forgiveness in our lives. And discipline. Discipline isn't about restraint, it's about freedom, a life lived free from being held captive to anything that would damage us. And the worst thing the worst thing that can happen to us isn't that God disciplines us, that we get that reaction from him where we feel bad or upset like we've let God down. No, that is often a mark that God is close, that God is delighting in us like a father to his son. And even, even last night I was thinking that, settling my, my son Jay in his bed after a, a week's camping, thinking back on all the, the fun but also the, the moments where he needed some correction for his own safety or more often for everyone else's safety around him. And because, because I love him as a father, I can't keep quiet. I have to be close. I have to discipline, even if it seems to spoil his fun. I know I'm not there to be his best friend, but to be his father. No. No. When it comes to God, the worst thing that can happen to us is that we feel nothing. We hear nothing. That there is a, a deadness inside because that means God has removed himself from us. And if that is the place that we're in right now, we need to come back. Come back to God with a reverence and a respect and, a, and awe. Even fear. Down on our knees in front of him. That is the beginning of it. As we move on, as we move on in Proverbs, the the writer Solomon relates wisdom to a a woman. She calls aloud, she raises her voice, she longs to be heard. But what also is present in these chapters is another woman, an immoral woman, an adulteress. You can't move on without seeing it. And Solomon contrasts these two women as he writes about the ways of the wise and of the foolish. It comes as a a warning. And where that warning shouts the, the loudest for me is in Proverbs 6 verse 27 where it says, It says, Can a man scoop fire into his lap without being burned? Can a man scoop fire into his lap without being burned? This is foolishness. This is how we destroy our own lives. We all know it. We can all see it. Fire is close to all of us. Adultery happens. But so do many other temptations and sins. With their seductive words, their lures and and traps. And all of us, all of us know that fire is dangerous. We learnt it as a child when we burnt ourselves for the first time. Sin. Sin is something we do mostly with our eyes open knowingly. We reach out and we scoop it into our own lap and if we do that we will get burned. That is God's word straight. Although these wisdom sayings are challenging and sobering they aren't emotionless. They often speak into issues of the, the heart and see the heart as the, the source of our life and passion. Another wisdom saying that over the years has kept me in line comes in Proverbs four verse twenty three, where it says, It says, Above all else guard, guard your heart, for it is the, the wellspring of life. Guard your heart. Don't be careless with it because this is the the source, this rhythm that keeps beating out, this incredible physical but also soulful engine that sustains us. And you see this, not only in your own experience but also in the lives of others. Our hearts are where we feel, where our emotions come from, either good or bad. And our hearts can get damaged. They can ache. They can long. They can get twisted up on the inside. And there are so many expressions of the heart. So many expressions. It's so much a part of our language. And I want to use some of those now. Some of those expressions. And I want us to stop. To stop and to wait on God and to ask ourselves a question what is what is the condition of our heart right now what does it feel like and as you think about that i'm going to speak into that moment so let's rest with this let's close our eyes let's close our eyes and ask ourselves that question What is the condition of your heart? Ask God to speak into that. What is the condition of your heart? Do you feel big hearted? Broken hearted? Open hearted? Down hearted? Cold hearted or... Warm hearted, half hearted or whole hearted, heavy hearted or light hearted, hard hearted or soft hearted, mean hearted or kind hearted. Is the pride in your heart or humility? Do we have a divided heart or a true heart? A faint heart or a lion heart? A heart that burns or a heart that is burnt out? Let's open our eyes now. Think about it, that question. What is the condition of your heart? I regularly do think about it. I regularly put my heart before God and say, God, God, through your spirit, minister into my heart because I want my heart to be with God's heart, godly emotions, godly desires. And it is essential. It is essential that we deal with our hearts because whatever is in your heart is rising it's rising all the time it will come out it is the the wellspring the the source of life it is lifting and and surfacing coming out of our mouths out of our lives spilling over into our relationships into this community into this church and then and then flowing out of this a deepening of this theme is the next proverb that moved me Comes in Proverbs 14, verse 13, where it says, Even in laughter the heart may ache, and joy may end in grief. And what gets me, what gets me here is how close the the streams of life and death can run. And no one, no one living this life is immune from heartache and grief. And uh, a protected life, a protected life is no life at all. And the older you get, the more you realise this in your own life and in the, the lives of others. Behind a smile may be sadness. Behind success may be lots of failures. Behind laughter may be loss. Everyone, everyone has a story to tell. You can't take anybody at face value and to stop and to stop and to listen Here, someone's heart speaking takes time. But that is relationship. That is a a deepening of of self and a deepening of community. And when I I say this next thing, it's going to sound like I read poetry. I don't. I must just have heard it sometime and it was there in my head as I was thinking about this. In one of Tennyson's poems, it says... I hold it true, whatever before. I feel it when I sorrow most. It is better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. And the challenge to me is about giving myself to life, giving myself to relationships, not in a a reckless way, becoming a victim. We're meant to guard our hearts, but loving deeply, loving deeply, having meaningful relationships, even if it may end in grief, in heartache, because the laughter, the laughter and the joy, the joy of being that close is so precious. These are questions of the heart and we have to rest with them, give them some time. But The wisdom sayings, they come one after another, after another. And what we're doing here is too fast. It's too fast. Wisdom sayings should be read one a day, like taking your your vitamin C tablet, not 10 in 30 minutes. But that's the time that we've got. And moving on. In Proverbs 15, verse 17, it says, Better a meal of vegetables where there is love than a fattened calf with hatred. Better a meal of vegetables where there is love than a fattened calf with hatred. At first, this is about food. But as you turn it over in your head, it becomes about enough. Enough. Having enough. And what we sacrifice to to get our fattened calf. The stress of earning it. Of working round the clock to achieve it. Relationships that get pushed to their limit, character and integrity that gets lost and the question here is what is our fattened calf because there will be something in all of our lives something that puts us on the edge and they aren't necessarily bad things wrong things it could be right it could be meaningful but it's beyond what god is saying and doing in our lives and for me for me if god intends something for us then it will flow out of love It will flow out of relationship. It will strengthen you and those closest to you. But if it is a fattened calf, it will be doing damage. Damaging you. Damaging your relationships. And the frustration of those closest to you as you continue to pursue this may turn it to hatred. Better the vegetables. Better the vegetables, the, the healthy diet with love than the fattened calf the unhealthy, with hatred. And to be able to hear when God is saying, stop, stop, enough, no more. And moving on again, relationships, Proverbs says a lot about relationships and how we should speak. In Proverbs 18, verse 21, it says, the tongue, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it, will eat its fruit and I have to stop there when I'm reading that and I think this this tongue here what I say what comes out of of my mouth it can speak life or it can speak death that is powerful but we know it we know it don't we we've experienced it ourselves in our own lives Someone has said something to us and we felt like a million dollars encouraged, lifted. Or someone else has said something and we felt like, well, completely the opposite. Down and out. Words. Careless, ill-meaning, badly timed words. The children's rhyme, it says, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Wrong. <laughs> Careless, ill-meaning, badly-timed words. They remain. They hurt. They can be death to us. And for me, one day, I know that I'm going to give an account for what I say. But also I think I may have to give an account for what I don't say When it is in my power to speak life, to encourage, to to lift someone up, to bring healing or forgiveness to a relationship, to say to someone, well done, to say, I couldn't have done it without you, to say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, to say, I didn't mean to hurt you. I want those moments, not getting it wrong all the time, upsetting lots of people, but having the chance to be vulnerable, to be humble, to speak life. And then with this theme, we flow into Proverbs 27 verse 5 where it says, better. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. And on into verse 6 where it says, wounds of a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Relationships. Meaningful relationships require honesty. They require trust they require us to be big enough to hear it when we get it wrong when we're out of line and then to be able to live differently as a result they also require us to have the courage to speak into someone's life to say look i'm not sure how you're going to hear this but i say it with all humility i think what happened there was wrong i think you crossed the line I think you may have upset someone. I think you may be getting into something that may damage you or your family. This is discipleship. These conversations going on among us, using our tongues to speak life to each other. This is when a Christian community starts to become all it should be. And we can call each other my brother, my sister. And it can save us because our brothers and sisters see things that we don't see. And we need them speaking into our lives. That is it. That is proverbs done too fast with a lot that hasn't been said. It's left unfinished. So maybe read it for yourselves. Maybe one wisdom saying a day with your vitamin C tablet. But then, then there is ecclesiastes and because of time and to be honest ecclesiastes well i'll explain as we go solomon wrote ecclesiastes at the end of his life and it isn't a, a book that you read when you're feeling down it may just finish you off but there is there is an importance to this and solomon wasn't trying to destroy all hope he was Directing our hopes to the only one who could truly fulfill them. Knowledge, relationships, work and pleasure. All these temporary things must be seen in the light of what is eternal. And Solomon gives us an overview of all that he had experienced. And in Ecclesiastes 3 verses 1 to 8. you You get this sense of time. This passing of the years. It says there is a time. give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Then in Ecclesiastes 3, verses 12 to 13, and this is what really gets me. It goes on to say, God has made everything beautiful. In its time, He set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. God has put in all of us the desire to to know Him, He has set eternity in our hearts. Then, Then, as Ecclesiastes goes on, you get this repeated word meaningless, meaningless meaningless. And something in me completely goes against that word meaningless. And you know, I think it's meant to. It's almost as if I can't remain here with the wisdom, with the, the sayings of the wise, with Solomon, because for all of his wisdom, he got it wrong lots of times. He lived much of his life apart from God. And in Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13, in his final words, he says, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And I get that, to fear God, to keep his commandments. But for me, this is the the baseline. This is what we shouldn't go below. Even at our worst moments, when we're having a downer, if we're still feeling God and keeping his commandments, we won't go too far wrong. But it isn't living. See, wisdom sayings can, can only get us so far. They can show us how to, how to live right, how to have character and integrity. They can prevent us from, from making mistakes. But let's be honest, it isn't everything. It doesn't make me come alive And we've also got to remember Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes about a thousand years before Jesus had set foot on the earth. Before Jesus had said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. God has put in all of us the desire to know him. He has set eternity in our hearts. Then with Jesus, he made that possible, that relationship. And when we accept Jesus as our Lord and our Saviour, that is when we really start living. That is when meaningless, meaningless, meaningless is left behind because a life without God is, in the end, meaningless. That is what Solomon realised in his last days. But a life lived with God, making the, the decision to follow Jesus, suddenly becomes the most meaningful thing that we've ever done. Wisdom can only get us so far. But Jesus, Jesus, he releases us into the fullness. He releases us into who we're meant to become and what we're meant to be doing. Life isn't meaningless, not if we live it right, not if we're living with God, if we're we're following Jesus. And this is where, This is where I want us to finish. Not with uh, another wisdom saying, because I started by thinking these wisdom sayings are making more sense the older I get. But even in doing this, I finished by thinking Jesus, Jesus, He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. And wisdom sayings, they can only get us so far. But it's in Jesus that we experience the life that God made for us.